This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, June 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Pruitt heads to corn and cattle country. U.S. Canadian farm groups ask for healing. And Grassley gears up for a payment limits fight. Pruitt heads to corn and cattle country today. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt will be touring the eastern Kansas countryside today. Stomps are planned at an ethanol plant and a livestock operation where prescribed burns play an important role in rangeland management. He's expected to be accompanied by Kansas Secretary of Agriculture Jackie McClaskey, EPA's Region 7 Administrator Jim Gulliford, and Kansas Ag Leaders as he gets a first-hand look at how EPA policies impact rural America. His stop at East Kansas Agri-Energy could be especially interesting, given his recent decisions to grant hardship waivers to large oil refiners, exempting them from blending requirements under the Renewable Fuel Standard, and his reluctance to move ahead with allowing E15 to be sold year-round, which President Trump has directed him to support. The firm produces over 50 million gallons of ethanol, renewable diesel from their corn distillers' oil byproduct, over 200,000 tons of distillers' grains for livestock producers every year, and one of the largest employers in Garnet, population 3,200. Now, Anderson County Review publisher Dane Hicks append about what the upcoming visit might mean in an editorial that has harshly criticized Pruitt's ethics in office. Our bet is Pruitt's new affinity for agriculture states and ethanol plants has to do with trying to save his skin, or at least an attempt to assuage farmers' fears and remind them that President Trump is, despite the actions of his EPA head, still behind them. Maybe after torpedoing the ethanol industry, Pruitt's come to Jesus with ethanol at EKAE this Tuesday can make everything all right. Then again, maybe not. U.S. and Canadian farm groups ask for healing. The U.S.-Canadian relationship frayed after the heated exchange last weekend between President Donald Trump and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau needs mending. That's the word of leaders of the U.S.-based National Farmers Union and the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Given the global food and on-farm challenges we are facing and will face in the future, American and Canadian farmers need the certainty that the Canada-U.S. trading relationship has provided for our farm products. That the word of CFA President Ron Bonnet and NFU President Roger Johnson in a joint statement. They continue, To disrupt this relationship would be detrimental for farmers on both sides of the border as our agricultural sectors are heavily integrated and to a large extent, rely upon one another for each other's success. Canada was host to the annual Group of Seven Summit on Friday and Saturday. Trump arrived late, departed early, and then refused to sign off on the communique produced for the leaders who attended the meetings. At the heart of the ill will were tariffs. Trudeau told reporters he was insulted by U.S. tariffs on steel and aluminum and informed Trump that Canada was moving forward with retaliatory tariffs on the U.S., Trump then called Trudeau dishonest and weak. Perhaps USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue can help patch up the differences. He'll be visiting Canada's Prince Edward Island on Friday, spending the day with Canadian Agriculture and Agri-Food Minister Lawrence McCauley. 
After a bilateral meeting on opportunities to discuss further cooperation between Canada and the United States in agriculture, the two ministers will tour sites showcasing agriculture and seafood in the province and throughout the Atlantic region. Grassley gears up for payment limits fight. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa used an appearance at the Heritage Foundation, that's a conservative think tank that is strongly critical of farm programs, to make the case for tightening payment eligibility rules. Grassley also criticized the reference prices and the price loss coverage program, which he said were too high for some crops. He didn't mention particular commodities, but reference prices for some southern crops are higher than their long-term average market prices. Grassley said, as a government, we need to get smarter about how we spend money. Grassley plans to offer his payment limit proposal as an amendment when the Senate Agriculture Committee considers its draft farm bill tomorrow. Grassley will need significant support from Democrats. Grassley told reporters that ranking member Debbie Stabenow has supported his proposal in the past and that he hopes to have her support again tomorrow. There is speculation that Stabenow will vote with Roberts to stop amendments that could be reasonably divisive. Grassley said it would be contrary to his discussions with Roberts if the chairman tries to get Stabenow to vote against the payment limit amendment. At the Heritage event, Grassley said that his amendment, which would tighten the definition of what it means to be actively engaged in farming, would affect only a small fraction of farms. Corps plans lock and dam study. The Army Corps of Engineers has released a work plan that calls for starting a major rehabilitation project on the Illinois River and conducting a new study of replacing the locks and dams on the upper Mississippi River Basin. The Corps is allocating $10 million for rehabbing the LaGrange Lock and Dam on the Illinois River and a million dollars for the upper Mississippi study. Congress in 2007 authorized replacement of seven locks and dams on the upper Mississippi, including LaGrange, but the Obama administration never moved forward on the projects. The Corps is undertaking the new economic analysis before starting on engineering and design of the projects. Representative Rodney Davis of Illinois added language to a House spending bill for the Corps of Engineers to require the study to be finished by 2020. Farm Bureau praises judges' WOTUS decision. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall is praising a federal judge in Georgia for enjoining implementation of the 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule in 11 states. That includes Georgia, West Virginia, and Indiana. The WOTUS rule asserts jurisdiction over remote and intermittent waters without evidence that they have a nexus with any navigable, in fact, waters. That is ruling from U.S. District Judge Lisa Wood late Friday. The ruling effectively suspended the flawed waters of the United States rule from taking effect in 11 more states that challenged its legality, that according to President Duvall. He continued, the 2015 rule is now stayed in a total of 24 states. Purdue and Indian Ambassador Talk Ag Trade. USDA Chief Sonny Perdue sat down yesterday with Indian Ambassador to the U.S., Navtej Sarna, and increased agricultural trade between the two countries was a key subject of discussion, according to government officials who spoke with AgriPulse. 
The possibility for a free trade agreement did not come up, Sarna said after the meeting, but he stressed that they did talk about tremendous potential for expansion of trade. USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture Affairs Ted McKinney has already been to India twice and each time has highlighted the potential for increased ag trade. India is home to 1.3 billion people and the country's demand for poultry, dairy, fruits and vegetables, ethanol and distillers dried grains continues to grow. Well, here's today's, he tweeted it. I am proud to be welcoming my friend, Secretary Sonny, to beautiful Prince Edward Island on Friday to discuss opportunities for cooperation in agriculture between Canada and the United States. That Canadian Ag Minister Lawrence McCauley of the upcoming meeting with USDA Chief Sonny Perdue. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, June 12th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nelly.